What's going on? Yerks here. Welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks. How we doing? Thursday, September 29th. Hope everybody's having a good week so far. We got Thursday Night Football tonight. Well, we're going to preview that one. Before that, I'm going to give my top 10 teams in the NFL so far through week three. Real quick, some baseball news. We got a shout-out Aaron Judge. Hit his 61st home run last night against the Blue Jays. Ties Roger Maris's record for the most home runs in a season in the American League. I hope he gets 62. That'd be really cool. And, man, he is going to get ridiculous amount of money. I'm very curious as to where he's going to go. Part of me thinks he's still going to re-sign with New York just for more money. It'd be very interesting if he went to a National League team, maybe mix things up. It's like some somehow I think the Dodgers are going to get him, and that's just going to piss me off. But, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting offseason for sure. There is a baseball episode coming. I'm going to preview the postseason. So October baseball is one of the best times of the year. We get basically in the middle of football, like it's in full swing, and then we get October baseball. Potters look like they're going to make it, although they lost last night in extras again. So, you know, you just can't beat the Dodgers consistently. You love to see it. All right. With that out of the way, let's get into it here. So, like I said, three weeks in. It's going by way too quick, as it always does at the NFL. But these are my, and I want to stress this, these are my top ten teams through three weeks. A couple honorable mentions before we get into it. Uh, number one, got the Green Bay Packers on the outside looking in. I, I trashed them a little bit in yesterday's episode. Long term, I'm just concerned with them. And I feel like with Green Bay, the reason why... I don't think they're that they're a top 10 team is I feel like we need to hold them, not just them. There's other teams too, but we need to hold them to a higher standard. I don't care if the Packers win the NFC North. Like That does nothing for me. Yeah. They beat up on the bears and the lions. They'll probably beat Minnesota in that, in that second matchup. I don't care. Does nothing for me. Rodgers can win an MVP again like he did last year. I give two shits. The Packers' goal, and I think it is, but we should view them under the lens of they're competing for a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, sure. They when they win a division, big whoop, you know. It's like Dallas for me. I talked about the Cowboys yesterday where like, oh my god, they beat the Giants on Monday Night Football, primetime. It's like, oh, they look so good there. It's very similar to when the Packers played the Bears in Week 2. It's like, oh, Green Bay's back. They looked good. It's like they beat up up against the Bears like they always do. Dallas beats up against an NFC East team like they always do. When the Cowboys play a team that's above 500, they suck ass. When Green Bay gets into the playoffs after beating up on the NFC North, they lose to a team like, like against the Niners last year. They had no business losing that game. You're telling me Rodgers against Jimmy Garoppolo and he can't even he can't score more than 10 points? What? It's insane. So there's still a good team. 
They're going to win a ton of games. I just don't see them as a serious Super Bowl contender. We have to hold teams like this to a higher standard. That's just the way it needs to be. And so, yeah, for me right now, I think that they're – I don't know if they'll always be on the outside looking in, but it's just really hard for me to – to see them taking that next step to being a really true contender in the NFC. And then one other team I want to quickly mention, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that they're for real, man. I really do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks good. This is one where I just felt like you bet on the player and the talent. He was the number one pick for a reason. He was one of the best prospects to ever come out of college. And they have invested in him in, in – <laughs> They've invested in him as well. The O-line is solid. They got a really good left tackle there, solid guards. They've invested in some wide receiver weapons. Christian Kirk gave him the bag. Zay Jones come over as well. You still got Marvin Jones as well, too, which is, you know, solid one, two, three. They got a thunder and lightning with James Robinson and Travis Etienne in the backfield. Doug Peterson. Can't speak about the job. Can't speak enough about the job he's done, bringing a lot of stability to this franchise. And then on the other side of the ball, they've got some really young, solid defensive players. The standout so far through three weeks, their rookie linebacker Trayvon Walker. He is a problem. This guy is all over the field making plays for them. All right, top ten teams here. Number ten. I'm probably higher on them than most, but the Denver Broncos. I get that they've looked sloppy for the first three weeks. But for me, this comes down to if you trust Russell Wilson and the offense to figure things out. And I do. Now, their head coach, Hackett, scares the shit out of me. It's still a big question mark there with his decision making, but they brought in a guy to help with that. They panned him in the booth during the Sunday night broadcast, and... The game management stuff was better. Now, albeit, there wasn't a lot of crucial decisions to be made in that game because there was a lot of punts, not a lot of offense, and it was a close game throughout. Um, but they're still my pick to win the AFC West. The, at the end of the Niners game, we saw a vintage Russell Wilson. I think over the next few weeks, it gets better. And I think it would just be a huge slap in the face to not put them on this list because their defense is top three right now. I mean, that defensive line is nasty. Uh, DJ Jones, who came over from the Niners last year, he's a huge signing. You got a healthy Chubb on there in the pass rush. And, yeah, I mean, I think that I'm just going to bet on Russell Wilson to turn that offense around. And, uh, you know, eventually they'll be they'll be prolific scoring like Russell Wilson was with with Seattle. All right, number nine, got Minnesota there, the Vikings. Now, uh, new head coach, new offensive plays being called. They're still ironing things out. Kirk Cousins, like Hackett, just terrifies me. Uh, but Cousins is a primetime issue, right? Uh, it'd be interesting to see how he does this weekend in England. There's a uh, UK game. So if he treats that as a primetime, then they're screwed. But, you know, so Cousins is solid. Just keep him out of the standalone games and him and that personnel on that side of the ball are great. I mean, Justin Jefferson's elite Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, they're good complimentary pieces. We know about Dalvin cook. He has a nice backup in Alexander Madison. 
O-line is good. The one glaring issue for Minnesota right now, their defense is bad. They're allowing over 400 yards per game. They got to tighten that up. I just trust the, the offense so well that they make it onto the list. Number eight, my team, the Niners. I want to put them higher. All right. I'm not going to go on a Jimmy G rant in this episode, but he was not the only quarterback to struggle week one in his first start of the year with no preseason. He didn't even have the playbook in the offseason. They were so out on him. They wanted to trade him. They were betting everything on Trey Lance. Fortunately, they were able to sign him back. He took less money. I mean, this is coming off a shoulder surgery as well. Going two mile high, Sunday night football, you know, that's just a tough place to play, regardless of it being a primetime game. So I didn't expect them to look great. They still should have won the game. But again, I'm not worried because this roster, top to bottom, is just stacked. I mean, you can make an argument that only Buffalo has a better roster. Their defense right now is allowing the second fewest yards per game only to Buffalo, and they're only holding teams or they're holding teams to only four yards a play. That's insane. The offense is going to figure things out. They've got too many great playmakers with Debo, Kittle coming back into the fold as well. You got to remember that was his first game too, so probably a little bit rusty with stuff. And he had to block a lot more in that matchup because Trent Williams went down late in the third quarter. Now, he's going to miss a few weeks, and the backup did not look good when he came in. Now, Denver's defense is really good. We just talked about that. But uh, there are some O-line concerns. But, yeah, I mean, they have a really solid chance on Monday night to beat the Rams. And if they do, they're 2-2, two and two, top of the division. So, yeah, I got them at 8. I'll give the Rams the slight edge, though, because I don't know how that Defensive line, offensive line matchup is going to look on Monday. It might just be a case of where they can't block Aaron Donald and friends, and that's just a huge issue. Long term, the Rams are going to be fine. The reason they're at seven right now is because they've been incredibly sloppy. I think that their culture that they've established with Sean McVay is what's getting them over the top right now. Stafford has not been amazing. He's been decent. He's He is completing 72% of his passes, but he's thrown some really bad picks. It's been very uncharacteristic of the Rams. They already have sen- seven turnovers as an offense. Their center is banged up. They're really missing their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, who retired. So they're going to figure it out. But it's just been very, very weird currently with them. So long-term, not worried, but they can only go – they can't go higher than seven for me right now. Just ahead of them, Brady and the Bucks in Tampa. Six seems about right due to the injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Their wide receivers, they're going to get healthy. And they also have had O-line issues. They lost some guys for the season. Like you know, The biggest one is their Pro Bowl center, Ryan Jensen, who they lost in training camp. So they've still, they're still got some stuff to figure out on that side of the ball. But what you love, if you're a Tampa fan, they have the number one scoring defense. They have the most takeaways in the NFL. That side of the ball, locked in. Looks great. So this, this for me, is a similar situation to the Broncos with Russell Wilson in that offense. I trust Russell Wilson to figure it out in, in Denver. 
do you trust Tom Brady to figure it out in Tampa? Absolutely. Am I going to bet against the GOAT? No. No shot. So once I get healthy, Mike Evans is going to be back this week. Uh, you know, Godwin's still coming back from his injury he suffered last year. Julio Jones, he's going to be injured throughout. Hopefully he's just able to string a couple of games together for them. You know, Brady's going to get right. Brady and the offense is going to get right. They always do. So, And they normally start out a little bit slow. The fact that they're 2-1 and one and they haven't been great offensively just shows how solid this roster and this team is going to be come come you know november time all right at number five this is a weird one man i i still don't know what to do with miami i'll put them at five because they're the last undefeated team in the afc and you know despite the the criticism of tua he's won 11 of his last 12 games he's getting the job done it it tua reminds me of the scene in moneyball where they're trying to, where they're all at the table and they're trying to uh, pick players who they want to recruit, and Brad Pitt's character is just there and he's just like, "Well, he gets on base. Like, do I care how it looks? Like, you know, what what does he do? He gets on base. So yeah, like, do I care if it's a hit or a walk? Like, no, he gets on base, and that's what Tua does. He gets on base. He has over a hundred passer rating through three games." Like, you know, I don't care. It's For me, it's a similar comparison to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I know that he is not, you know, the elite quarterback. I know he's not a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert or a Mahomes or a Josh Allen. I'm not asking him to be. Same with Tua. I'm not asking Tua to be. Well, maybe the Dolphins are trying to figure out if he can be that guy. But you can still win with guys like Tua, guys like Jimmy. All Garoppolo's done since he's gotten to the Niners is win games. And Tua, same thing. Since he's become a, a starter, he just wins his games. It's important. I mean, like, that's what you're getting paid for. Like, you know, in baseball, got to get on base. In the NFL, you got to win games. You got to make plays. And so far through three weeks, he's been able to do that. So time will tell with Miami if they can be serious contenders. It's just hard for me to fully buy in and say that they're going to be. But, yeah, they're at five. Number four, I'm all about Baltimore, Ran. I love the Ravens this year. Lamar Jackson, comeback tour. We'll talk about him a little bit more in a second here. I want to address their defense first. It's an issue. Now, the secondary is very young. They're allowing the most yards per game as a unit. But the main issue is their secondary. Now, they're going to get better. I trust Harbaugh, defensive-minded guy. He'll figure it out. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson real quick, though. Man, best passer rating in the NFL. Best passer rating. And he's running the hell out of the ball, too. The thing that's been so good for them through three weeks is that they are finishing their drives. They've scored 12 touchdowns as an offense. And when they're in the red zone, they are scoring touchdowns. They are not leaving points on the board. If this team can, can like... This team finishing their drives is terrifying. Like them not having to settle for three every time they get into the red zone, big issue. Because they can go over the top as well. So if you can't stop them when they're in the red zone and then they have the big plays over the top, like, oof, it is hard to play catch up against this Ravens team. Because I think that eventually the defense is going to figure it out. But because they're 
allowing so many yards, I can't put them higher than four. And I think that the mm, I, maybe I, we'll talk about this team, this number three team, which is the Philly Philadelphia Eagles. It'd be very interesting to see which team would win if these two played. I think I'd give the edge to Baltimore, but I think it'd be a very good game. So yeah, let's talk about the Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly! Very impressive win over Washington. Their defense has been great. Nine sacks on Sunday. It's one of the best defensive lines in the league. Their rookie Jordan Davis not has not been talked about too much. That's maybe a good thing because he's just kind of going in there doing his job. But yeah, it's a bit, like they might have the best lines in the in the league, offense and defensive combined. Like they've been so good. Speaking of that offense, number one in total offense, they're converting almost fifty percent of their third downs, and that I mean that's terrifying. A lot of their third downs have been third and short too. I mean, but even if they're not, I mean they've had they've been backed up as well, third and third and nine, third and twelve, whatever it is. Like they're just finding ways to sustain drives, keep it moving. Jalen Hurts, year three, big issue. He's very hard to defend. You know, he's been able to roll out, do it with his legs. And the thing that I love what they're doing right now, I talked about it the past couple of weeks. They know who they are as a team. They want to play solid defense and they want to run the ball first. But that has not stopped them from taking shots down the field. The play calling has been great through the first three games. In this day and age, you have to be able to go over the top. Got to have that home run shot, those quick, big plays. And the Eagles have been doing that. Through three weeks, Jalen Hurts leads the NFL in pass yards per attempt and completion. So not only is he chucking it down the field, but he's accurately chucking it down the field. A.J. Brown, huge signing in the offseason. Devontae Smith, a very comp. I mean, you could argue he could be a number one option on a lot of teams. So, yeah, they've got a great ground and pound mix right now where they want to establish it early, but they're not afraid to take those shots down the field, too. The only thing that makes me hesitate with the Eagles, because you could argue that they're 3-0, and they could maybe be number two or number one on this list, but I just want to give you some food for thought as, you, as we go through the NFL for the next few weeks here. Philly's first three games... You got the Lions, Kirk Cousins in primetime, and Washington. So, not the hardest games in the world. It's one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Or they have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL this year. Now, you have to play who you play every week. And so, they should get credit for that because they've looked fantastic. But they're really not going to have a true test looking at their schedule until late November. They have three games in a row that could be potentially tough. They've got the Colts on the road, the Packers, and then the Titans. So they could be a little bit inflated right now because of the competition that they're playing against, but they have looked damn good. They were my pick preseason to win this division. I think they're going to win it walking away. Uh, It's just... You know, when you think about maybe playoff time, this could be a team that potentially gets upset because they're not really playing great competition. So these three games in November are going to be a good test. But until then, I think that they're going to dominate. 
I think that the next three weeks they're going to win all three of those games and then go into their bye week undefeated. Very strong showing for the Eagles through three weeks. All right, number two, Kansas City Chiefs. If not for their special teams shooting themselves in the foot throughout the entirety of that game, I mean, they had a missed extra point, missed field goal, fake field goal that failed. Uh, they just were awful throughout the entirety. This team's 3-0 and if not for their special teams. The offense has scored 10 touchdowns. They have the best sack differential in the league, which was a big surprise for me because I thought their defense was going to get worse, but they've actually been really solid getting after the quarterback. The theme, I think, of this week for the top 10 teams is that there are some that you just ha- that have a track record that you're going to give the benefit of the doubt, right? With the Broncos, it's Russell Wilson, where he's established himself. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, you give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to figure it out. The Bucks and Tom Brady in that offense, he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's the GOAT. The Ravens, Harbaugh is a Hall of Fame head coach. That defense is going to figure it out. Chiefs are another one. Like, they're going to figure it out. Or, I mean, they didn't really have to figure it out here, but them losing this game, it's 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 fine. Like, they're going to be A-OK. The Rams, like, they've looked a little sloppy. The Niners, same thing. Like, these teams with, like, really solid head coaches, like, an established winning culture, they're going to figure things out. And so, yeah, it's hard to win games in the NFL if you make a lot of mistakes. So, yeah, Kansas City is going to be A-OK. And the number one team here, Circle the wagons, baby. Got the Buffalo Bills. Best point differential in the league. Best passing offense. They have 77 first downs through three games. (laughs) That's crazy. I think this is the best roster in the league. In Miami, they missed three starters in their secondary. So, I mean, that hurts. Also, on top of that, two guys on the defensive line didn't play. So, in that heat in Miami... I think you just write that off as just, you know, tough with all those guys missing on the defensive side. And they only lost the game by two points. Now, I do think that Buffalo is the best team in the league, but there's something that I want to talk about with them because if they have an Achilles heel, it is this. They are way too reliant on Josh Allen. Way too reliant. Now, the Chiefs are kind of relying on Mahomes, too. So they're very similar in that sense. But I think Andy Reid's play calling and then the fact that they've tried to establish running the ball a little bit more helps that. So we're like, I don't feel like they're as reliant on Mahomes as the Bills are with Josh Allen. Against Miami, Josh threw the ball 63 times. He also led the team in rushing. It's not sustainable. Like, this... Long term, not going to work. The example that I thought of was, this reminds me of Cam Newton on the Panthers with Ron Rivera. Like when Cam Newton was just destroying the league in his prime. He was doing everything. Throwing the ball 30, 40 times, 300 plus passing yards, multiple touchdowns, and then running the ball like 10, 15 times. Whenever they got into the red zone, first and goal at like the seven. It was literally, all right, line up line up Cam Newton in shotgun, just have him run it three times. And then, all of a sudden, he's out of the league, right? Where he catches fire, he's insane in his prime, takes him to a Super Bowl, and he has a bad game. And they lose. And that's how it feels like the Bills are right now, where 
if Josh Allen doesn't have a good game, it feels like they just lose. That's how I felt with Cam Newton and the Panthers, where if Cam was off, they just lost. And then eventually, you know, Cam Newton turns 32, can't throw football anymore, not as dynamic running the ball, out of the league. And so this is not going to last. you got to protect Josh Allen here. The fact that they have not been able to establish a running game in these past three, four seasons with Allen, it, it just blows my mind. I'm going to give you a crazy stat right here. Since the start of last year, the Bills are 0-6 in close games. 0-6 in close games. They norm- Now, they've blown 20 of their last 28 games. They've blown people out. So... They have like, there's like a spectrum of the Bills, right? Where they have this knockout punch, kind of similar to the Chiefs, right? Like a Mike Tyson or a Deontay Wilder, where if they connect early, they hit you once, it's lights out. Game over. But say this fight goes 10 rounds. Not every not every game is a knockout punch, right? Not every fight ends in a knockout punch. Like, it's, you know, Josh Allen can have a bad game. Mahomes can have a bad game. The fight could go 7, 8, 9, maybe even the distance. If you're the Bills and it's a close game, kind of like it was against Miami last week, and you're trying to ice the game. I mean, they had the ball for 40 minutes in that game. Doubled the amount of yards that Miami had. If they're, you know, you're trying to ice this game and you can't run the ball with your running back, you can't ice it can't you know chew clock it's incredibly frustrating to watch i mean josh allen has to play damn near perfect for four quarters every week and that's that's a huge concern long term i mean this team wants to go the distance wants to win the whole thing i mean you look at the end of that miami game he was exhausted and because of that he was a little bit sloppy and I don't know if it's necessarily his fault because this is what he's being asked to do week in week out is be the guy where, all right, Josh, you have to play basically 95% perfect every single time. Otherwise, we lose because we haven't been able to establish a running game. Our O-line is not the best in the world. And, like, you know, we rely on you way too much. And so, yeah, that's it's a trend now with the Bills. 0-6 in close games since the start of last year. Only the Texans are worse. If they want to be the champions, win the whole damn thing, like they have to find a way to get a running game going or get more creative with their play calling. You know, run more reverses, more wide receiver screens, get the ball out of Josh Allen, Josh Allen's hand a lot more. But him throwing the ball sixty-three times and then running it eight times on top of that, it's just way too much. You know, I it just will not last you cannot sustain this through the entirety of the season and then come playoff time in a close matchup maybe you have a lead late maybe you're up 10 with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter and you want to eat some clock and you have and josh allen has to be incredible for 60 minutes it's just very concerning in that sense and so i've talked about how we're holding teams to a higher standard right the bills are one of these teams where i don't care if the Bills don't get the ones in the AFC. What I care about is that when the Bills are in the playoffs and they're playing the Chiefs in the division round and you want to keep Mahomes on the sideline, are they able to do that with the running game? 
are they able to rely on somebody else besides Josh Allen? Because they have the pieces. Devin Singletary, I think, is a really underrated running back in the league. He just needs more more chances, and they have to commit to the running game more. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes. Buffalo's going to win a shit ton of games regardless because Josh Allen is really good. But it feels like they're going to win and lose based on his performance. And I feel like a roster that this that is this talented needs to establish more ways to win a game. And right now they don't have that. And so that is a concern, but they're still amazing. All right, there you have it. Top 10 teams through week three. Let's talk about the game that's happening tonight, Thursday Night Football. I've enjoyed the Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet uh, booth. I think that uh, Herbstreet was great. Is always been good in college. I like him on college game day, game day as well. And so I, I think he's been really good. Uh, and obviously, Al Michaels is fantastic. All right, 3-0 Dolphins. They're traveling to Cincinnati to take on the 1-2 Bengals. Cincy is a three-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under is 47-and-a-half points. So Vegas likes Cincy at home, and so do I. Burrow looked good last week. The O-line did a much better job. The Dolphins' pass rush isn't that great either. I know he got sacked a lot through through, through the first two weeks, but it was against a T.J. Watt-led Steelers, so really good D-line, really good pass rush, and then a really solid Cowboys pass rush as well with uh, Lawrence and Micah Parsons. The Dolphins, not so much. Their pass rush, not anything special. The main reason I like the Bengals at home here is that there are some issues with Miami this week. Number one, Tua Tungavailoa, questionable with a back slash ankle injury. Now, I think he plays. He normally plays through stuff, but this is a short week for them. It's an emotional win at home against the Bills. I mean, they had the butt punt. They had uh, the clock running out on Buffalo where they could have maybe had a chance to win that game, walk-off field goal style. And so, yeah, a lot of emotions there. And then number two, we got Hurricane Ian being an asshole. And so the Dolphins had to travel early, limited practice on their end because of that on a short week. It just doesn't bode well for a solid performance on Thursday or today. I'd be really impressed if they were able to get this done on the road. Uh, speaking of Miami's defense, too, they're allowing almost 300 yards per game through the air. I think it's going to be a really long night for them trying to cover Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Might be the best uh, wide receiver core in the league. So, yeah, I think that Burrow and the Bengals win this one. They get to 2-2, two and two, and I like them to cover as well. And I'm a fan of the over if Tua plays. If he doesn't play, like don't don't take the over here. But if he does play, I like the Bengals to cover and the over. They have Miami has the firepower to keep up with Cincinnati with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. And so I uh, I think my questions will be answered about Miami after this game. If they win it, then they're for real. If they lose, then I think that some of the reservations I've had will be confirmed. So, but yeah, I like the Bengals here, and they're going to be in their all-white unis. They're, they're going to debut those. So they're going to look. you got to have Joe Burrow. He'll be looking Joe cool out there. I think they get it done on Thursday night. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Tomorrow, we're going to recap this game, preview the rest of week four. Getting back into the swing of things feels good, and you won't believe it, folks. We're uh, right around the 30-minute mark. I think we're going to be at like 32 minutes for this episode. So we're dialing it in. Feels good, man. Getting better.
All right. Have a great Thursday. Go watch some sports. Hopefully Judge can get his 62 homers before the season ends. That'd be cool to see. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for postseason baseball. We're going to have an episode of that coming out a little bit uh, later, a couple, like maybe in like a week and a half. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep doing the football until then. All right. See you in the next one.